The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is a show that champions entrepreneurs, startups, early stage, and in fact, all small business, and we're heard around the world this week, every week at the same time. Thanks for making us the number one business radio show in the world for entrepreneurs. Well, the Super Bowl's over for another year, and I think they're still celebrating in Baltimore after a fantastic game, particularly by MVP Joe Flacco. Great performance. He was he was sensational. Um, I must admit, I had the 49ers done and dusted about the half, but the blackout certainly livened things up. And after only 10 games, Kaepernick showed that he's a force to be reckoned with. So maybe next year. I think he's going to be great next year. Okay. Well, that's enough about the game. The important stuff was surely the halftime show, the sponsorships, and the commercials. Right? We all agree with that. After all, Pepsi paid $2.3 billion, with a B, $2.3 billion for its 10-year association with the NFL, and $3.8 million for a 30-second slot. That's not chicken shit either. That's a lot of money. So when you invest that sort of money, you want to make sure that you get a return on your investment. So what's the intention of advertising? Well, the intention of advertising, pure and simple, is to get sales. A first-year marketing student knows that in today's very cluttered, media-proliferated environment with very high communication costs and diminishing brand loyalty, brand awareness is not worth a damn. And all of the companies that advertise on the Super Bowl, everybody knows who the hell they are. So the only thing that counts is brand equity. Brand equity is everything. So how do you get brand equity? Well, you've got to clearly differentiate your product from your competitors and build your value proposition. Easy. (laughs) Well, not so easy to do, but easy to, to realize what you need to do. You also need to build an emotional connection with your potential customer. And the key is to leverage your investment everywhere possible way before the event, invest the customer as part of the sponsorship. So how did they all do? Well, Beyonce, Destiny's Child and the team of dancers were sensational. I mean, who in the hell needs Miss Universe? 
I mean, seldom have so many drop-dead gorgeous girls been seen in one place at the one time. And Beyonce has a personality that just doesn't quit. Her facial expressions were great. She was really into it. And those girls could really dance. And the leather and lace, (laughs) that's pretty hard to beat. But can anybody remember any of those nondescript songs she sang? The show was not in the same league as The Incredible Show by Madonna, which is probably the best I've ever seen, or Michael Jackson or Paul McCartney, The Rolling Stones, The Who, Springsteen. They're all bigger stars than Beyonce, and I think on Sunday's performance, they deserve to be bigger stars. But it was entertaining. Okay, so how did Pepsi fare in getting their message across? Remember... It is a $2.3 billion investment over 10 years. Firstly, well, the halftime show is the most watched musical event of the year with 108 million viewers. Then the, the international audience, which is about another 40 million viewers. And then there's endless replays, YouTube, etc., 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 giving Pepsi a massive, massive audience and directly linking them with their target message. Drinking Pepsi is fun. As you would expect from one of the best marketing companies on the planet, Pepsi really leveraged their investment. For months, Pepsi and the NFL have tweeted a Super Bowl teaser image of Beyonce with the big game's date painted on her face. Great, great photograph. To promote their investment further, at Pepsi, which has more than one million followers, it's been continuously tweeting with the hashtag Pepsi Halftime and Pepsi Live for Now on Pepsi.com. The at Beyonce Twitter feed, well, that has another 7.4 million followers and that's been tied directly in to the Pepsi Super Bowl Halftime message. Pepsi also places similar content on its Facebook page to another 9.3 million fans. They also produced a promotional video for the halftime show that I'm sure you, you saw that uses crowdsourced photos. So since last year, fans have been invited to submit images to the first ever crowdsourced Super Bowl halftime show through pepsi.com forward slash halftime. Now this this site has featured a daily pose, a whole bunch of daily poses, and fans were asked to send in photos of themselves with the Pepsi halftime hashtag in each daily pose. Then they used hundreds of the most original and creative images to create the on-air video introduction to the show. And 50 people won return airfare, hotel accommodations, ground transport, 500 bucks in cash and participation in the, on the field at the halftime show. That's a fantastic promotion and they ran it very hard. And they also ran a similar promotion for New Orleans residents with another 50 winners with, through retail partners to be part of that on field experience. So they really pushed the leveraging very hard before the event. And then Pepsi and, and Super Bowl sponsor, co-sponsor Bud Light also ran a co-branded retail push to leverage each other's complementary strengths and to generate in-store marketing synergies with two bags of Doritos, 
and Lay's chips and two bottles of Pepsi paired together with Bud Light in retail activation, in-store signage and promotion with the Super Bowl logo and the slogan, Super Bowl, Super Team, Super Party. Now, that's really leveraging your sponsorship. They spent a minimum of three months promoting the hell out of that tie and reaching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of people. So, Pepsi, I give them a big tick. So let's talk about the Super Bowl ads. I think most ads failed the most basic tests of marketing and advertising. Some were funny, some were just plain bloody dreadful, but nearly all of them had one thing in common. Five seconds after you saw the ad, you didn't have a clue what it was about or who it was for. Very few of them differentiated themselves from their competition and almost none compelled you to buy the product. They were just a bunch of commoditized products running commoditized ads. Of a pretty ordinary lot of Super Bowl commercials, there are a few that were okay. I thought the new M&M spot was okay. Amy Poehler's Best Buy ad was okay. Size Gangnam Style plug for wonderful pistachios, that was okay. I think Oreos did a great job with the competition between the cream and the cookie, made me hungry for both, and it reminded us all why we both, why we all love Oreos. But they really showed just how good they are when when the blackout happened and Oreos tweeted, you can still dunk in the dark, causing an avalanche of retreats. That was really brilliant. That was really fast thinking. They must have come up with the idea, got approval from the client and got it out there just moments into the blackout. Oprah's Jeep commercial actually combined an emotional message about the troops that connected with the audience really strongly and it also did a pretty good job of um, promoting the vehicle. You knew it was a Jeep ad. You learnt something about the vehicle and you felt warm and fuzzy about the Jeep brand. Now, that really did enhance their brand equity. So they get four stars. Then there were the real shockers. Who in their fucking right mind would create an ad like the GoDaddy ad? That beauty and the geek thing with that dreadful, noisy, slurpy smooch. I hear that it took 43 takes to get that, but it only took one viewing to get 100 million people to run to the bathroom and throw up. That was dreadful. And Calvin Klein managed to turn on a lot of women, I have no doubt. That guy had a fantastic body. But the majority of Super Bowl viewers are men who don't want to be reminded that they're fat slobs who are never going to look like that guy as long as their ass points to the ground. And they certainly don't want their girlfriends reminded just how good a guy's body can really look. I must admit, made me feel inferior. He certainly didn't identify with the target audience. Budweiser? Well, Budweiser usually do great ads, but I don't think that the Black Crown ads did them any favours. You know, people associate drinking with having a good time. I'll have a drink, have a good time. Everybody's, you know, picking up girls and laughing and whatever. 
These ads were creepy. And in my view, they were totally emotionless. It looked like a drink that you'd have before you went out and killed yourself. My favourites were Dodge Ram's God Made a Farmer. I mean, with incredible voice of the late Paul Harvey extolling the virtues of the farmer. But there are a couple of problems I have even with that one. The average farmer's over 60 and going out of business daily. You know, the pickup truck and the John Deere tractor that they showed during the ad probably would have set a farmer back 400 grand, which 99% of farmers simply don't have. Today's farmer artificially inseminates. He tracks his milk production and management of the farm by computer. He's got a global positioning system to manage crops. He's a businessman with a very large capital investment, a big loan. And he worries about paying his bills and sending his kids to college. So we we may love the old style, salt-of-the-earth farmer image, but the reality is that those farmers today are really struggling to survive. And I'll bet now that the recall for RAM from that commercial is very close to zero. Great ad, moving, Paul Harvey's voice is fantastic, but five minutes later, who the hell was that ad for? That isn't effective advertising. In the same vein, same sort of ad, was the Budweiser Clydesdale Brotherhood commercial. Again, a moving, emotive ad. But this one had the advantage of everyone knowing the association between Budweiser and the Clydesdales. We've seen it for years. So this ad also encouraged people to name that gorgeous little Clydesdale foal. So I don't think that ad will sell any more beer, but I think people will have a very favourable view of the company. I also thought the Procter & Gamble Tide ad with the Joe Montana Miracle Stain was hilarious. It was really funny. I, at the end, I laughed myself silly. And I think it made Tide look really good. Doritos Goat for Sale ad was also extremely funny. The product was featured throughout the ad and it showed the extent people will go to to protect their Doritos. So it was funny. There was Doritos in shot all the time. I thought about it afterwards and I thought, actually, GoDaddy should have had the beauty kissing the goat. It would have been far less revolting than kissing the geek. (laughs) Samsung's Galaxy ad was also funny with LeBron James, Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd, but it didn't tell anybody why they should buy a Galaxy rather than an iPhone. So if people watched it, thought, ha-ha, that's funny, and went out and bought an iPhone. Two messages were very clear from the Super Bowl. The Ravens were winners. Most of the advertisers were losers. And Pepsi, I thought, was a big winner. Instead of trying to be talked about, advertisers have got to remember that their job is to sell product for their clients. It's not about getting talked about. It's about selling product. Now, don't forget to email me, bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, this week, tell me I'm an idiot. 
tell me I haven't got the faintest idea what I'm talking about. Or you can tell me I'm a genius. Just tell me something. Let me know what you think. I'll talk about it next week. Don't forget this program is all about you, the entrepreneur, or the small business person that's listening to the show looking for tips on how to be more successful. That is what we are here for. This whole show is dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs. So you have a question, don't hesitate to email directly at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer it on air or we'll email you privately, but let us know. Now, we've all heard of J.D. Power and Associates. They um, are famous customer um, service and customer attitudes people. And uh, I have the pleasure of interviewing Jamie Power, who's a great guy, um, lives not that far away from me in Los Angeles. And uh, I think you'll enjoy the, the interview. It's a great lesson for every entrepreneur. I'm Bob Pritchard, and I will be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, the number one radio show in the world for entrepreneurs, in just a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show. This is where we give you an insight into the lives of some of the world's extraordinary people and what makes them tick. It's very important that um, we all learn from the experiences of people that are absolutely at the top of their game in business fields that apply to all of us, whether you're an entrepreneur or a small business or, or whether you're a mature business. And most extraordinary people that I've ever met began life just like the rest of us. There's nothing really special about them, or not apparently, and they just work hard and dedicate themselves to their trade. So what makes them interesting and great? Well, this is the segment where we find out. <laughs> 
I was fortunate a few weeks ago to sit next to Jamie Power and his son at a presentation by Sir Ken Robinson. And after speaking with him, I thought he would be a perfect guest on this show. You know, we constantly talk about the importance of great customer service. It's critical to the success of every business, whether you're large or small. And there isn't anybody who knows more about customer service than Jamie. Jamie is former Senior Vice President and Strategic Advisor at JD Power and Associates. While he was in this position, the international business grew to represent about 20% of the company's overall business and offices were established throughout Asia, Europe and Canada. Now, while Jamie grew up with the company since his early school years, after college he went to work for Footcone and Belding, then for Chevrolet before joining the family business as Senior Vice President and Strategic Advisor. So he's had the background in advertising and then actually working with one of their clients. He facilitated the transition of JD Power from a private business to becoming part of the McGraw-Hill family of companies. Today he advises organisations globally on quality customer service and marketing. He gives a lot of speeches and more importantly I reckon he devotes a lot of time to the family's philanthropic interests particularly the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. He also um, devotes a lot of time to education projects so that's a Fantastic thing. We, we also talk on this program about the need for bus, business people that have had success to give back. And uh, Jamie is a perfect example of that. At the moment, he's assisting his father on a new book, chronicling his 50 years in the automotive business. The book is Power, How J.D. Power Third Became the Auto Industry's Advisor, Confessor and Eyewitness to History. This is going to be published by Fenwick Publishing in the spring. So make sure you look out for that. And Jamie's also working on a follow-up to Satisfaction, how every great company listens to the voice of the customer, which I have got, I have read, and I can recommend it to anybody who is in business and looking to develop word-of-mouth customer loyalty, increased ROI, all the things that great customer service brings. And uh, so I'm looking forward to the new book. Hopefully I'm on his mailing list. <laughs> um, hi Jamie, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show Thank you Bob, appreciate uh, the very kind introduction Mate, you've, you've achieved so much, I, it, it's very hard to cut it down into a, such a short intro you've, you've had a phenomenal career and, uh, and you're a nice guy to boot And giving back to the community and all of that, all of that is um, worth a lot of ink um, well, We've all heard about J.D. Power & Associates on TV commercials. We've seen it for years and years and years, particularly car companies. So what is J.D. Power & Associates, and are your clients all car companies? Uh, great question. Uh, J.D. Power & Associates is fundamentally a marketing research company. Right. And over time, uh, what J.D. Power & Associates has done is um, – really kind of went in a way beyond market research and, uh, as we defined it, it went into the information business. Right. Um, uh, subtle but, I think, important distinction for 
our team of people and um, positioning in the marketplace was um, market research uh, sometimes is a bit um, uh, uh, still yeah. um, lacking dynamic um, um, feeling or interaction, whereas information is something that is used. Right. And that's a, an important fundamental in terms of looking at the, the business, and it was uh, very helpful, I think, at setting the, the vision and the stage, again, not only for the employees but also for the, the clients. And the clients are um, certainly automotive uh, is uh, the biggest sure. category, but uh, the clients uh, today spread from um, hotels and the hospitality industry to um, finance, banking, insurance, uh, utilities, um, uh, wireless phone companies, uh, a broad range of uh, different services. Okay. I'm, I'm used to receiving 150 pages of research uh, with just loads of answers, which you read through from start to end, and you're more confused than when you started. Um, so... Do, you start off and you do that analysis and then you interpret it and bring, break it down to plain English that everybody can understand and act on? Is that what you do? Uh, yes, I think that's a, 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 an important distinction uh, as well. The, the J.D. Power methods, um, and not literally just in terms of the formulas, but the, the whole point of thinking about this as information and not just data is uh, how can you make it useful? How yeah. can clients uh, better utilize it? And what uh, uh, J.D. Power and Associates did over, and this is, you know, I'm consolidating, uh, you know, 40 years of, of um, practice, but we found that a, it was easier to help communicate to clients by providing a, um, a summary score, if you will. Yeah. And the more that you could develop a summary score that was also based on um, other indicators. Um, so imagine, if you will, uh, a formula where you have a number of different questions that feed into a, a subscore, and the subscores, uh, multiple subscores kind of feed into one overall score. It's almost right. like calculating a, a golf uh, handicap, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, it, it just makes it easier for you to get a quick understanding of how you're doing. And then if you have questions about why you improved or didn't improve or, or how do you compare versus a competitor, it helps um, then to break it down like a peeling an onion. You, you get into different uh, layers of granularity. Uh, to understand your performance. So, in addition to providing companies with um, knowledge of where they're at, do you, do you also recommend things that they need to do to improve various aspects of their score, if, if you put it that way? Uh, well, yes, and it, it certainly depends on the, the client. It, it depends on the... Um, uh, product category, uh, as I explained, uh, the the business of information is um, one level, and and uh, the way JD Power and Associates collects that information, it could be um, um, 
essentially two different types of market research. Uh, uh, there's um, research that is done on an ad hoc basis for a client right. that is proprietary in nature, that is owned by the client, um, and J.D. Power & Associates is essentially conducting that research as a, as a um, uh, you know, a trusted partner. Yeah. Yeah. The other part of the business is uh, what J.D. Power & Associates calls syndicated market research, and this is where J.D. Power & Associates conceives of a study uh, of a particular issue or product category, and J.D. Power & Associates then develops the, the survey and conducts the survey um, this is um, a, a, a study that is where the data is owned, the information is owned by J.D. Power and Associates, okay. and then the subscriptions to that information then are sold to multiple clients. Interested parties. And uh, this is what, when people see uh, J.D. Power and Associates referred to, say, in television advertising or print advertising and they see an award, it's based on these types of surveys where J.D. Power is conducting the study. It's looking at a broad range of uh, participants in a, in a category, and it is um, uh, providing that information um, you know, in, in summary form to a client uh, to let them know and understand how they do vis-a-vis uh, -vis their competitors. Okay. We have a lot of people contacting us that have a family business of some sort, mostly small entrepreneurs, but they almost always end up in grief. <laughs> How many family members worked in your business? Well, um, let's see. Uh, I, I'm the oldest of four kids in our family. Okay. And uh, literally the business started at the kitchen table at our um, very modest small home in the suburbs of Los Angeles. Yeah. And my father... Um, um, started it uh, with an idea and a passion, and my mother was right by his side um, in support and providing uh, the labor, uh, some of the labor. And um, meanwhile, at the time when the company started, she had three um, little kids. Um, I was the oldest at, at five, and um, so. Uh, and then uh, eventually, my youngest sister joined us um, a couple years later. So at any one time, all six of us could have been working. And what, that did, was quite an experience. <laughs> I can imagine. Did it work because your father was um, a very powerful leader or because he was the, um, the real expert? Or how come you didn't have sort of family feuds that... Um, cause rifts like a lot. What's 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 the secret for people in family businesses? Well, I, you know, listen, um, we are as normal as any other family. Yeah, yeah. it and came across as pretty. Normal. We certainly had arguments and disagreements, right. um, but uh, I think that the key uh, really was um, uh, to find our individual niches yep. or um, uh, areas where we were good. Right. And, um, you know, uh, I think it was just, uh, for instance, um, my uh, one of my sisters, um, Mary, who's um, um, uh, three years younger than I am, she uh, she had a, she's got, just got a great 
uh, aptitude for uh, data and data processing and and um, working with a keyboard and right. you know almost like from when she was in middle school uh, she was able to kind of just gravitate towards that part of the business right Go for ahead. myself my interest was the automobile industry and and the um, and uh, looking at data looking at things strategically and so we all you know you sort found of just found where you, you know, where we would do well. Yeah. Uh, in your career, you didn't go directly into the family business. Um, you worked in advertising first and then for General Motors. What advantage was that when you finally got back into the family business? How, much, how, how beneficial is it to have that breadth of experience? Well, I, you know, um, I get that question a lot from a lot of uh, different people. Um, and entrepreneurs and, and family businesses. And for me, it was um, just incredibly important for me to work someplace else. Yeah. Um, I grew up with the, the family business, as my siblings did, and I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to get in, go work for J.D. Power & Associates when I grew up. Um, I'd worked there, you know, on Christmas and uh, summer holidays. Summer break, um, yeah. And in even in high school, after school, and um, you know, you, you in a way you kind of got tired of it, and you were always sure. you know sort of envious of your friends. Um, so when I graduated from college, um, uh, you know, I didn't even look to try and work at JD Power. I wanted to go sow my own oats. Yeah. And uh, uh, joining a multinational advertising agency was. Um, a dream come true for me out of college, and I, I loved that experience. And then when I ran, um, uh, you know, when I could, you know, kind of felt like I had learned as much as I could and, and um, uh, had some other burning desires to go actually work for a car company directly, um, that's when I got the position with Chevrolet Motor Division. And, uh, you know, again, I, it was a great experience. And and after I don't know um, the total of both those experiences was uh, at least six years. I, I felt like I had proven myself. Um, I knew what I was good at, and it really laid the foundation better for me to then join JD Power and Associates at that point in time. Yeah, I think it's very important because we often talk. In fact, I had a meeting with a, an entrepreneur yesterday who seems to have a pretty good product, but he's a tech head. And that's and so he's starting a business with somebody who has a very narrow view of 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 business. All he knows is what he's developed, and um, trying to get them to understand that these days it's not just all about the product. There's a hell of a lot of other things that that um, uh, you need to be good at before you develop a great business. And so um, I often say to people, try and get as much experience as you can. Go to as many lectures as, as you can. Attend as many workshops as you can. Just try to get that broad, I'm not suggesting you go and work for somebody for five years, but just try and get a much broader base of knowledge than just the product because you're doomed to failure Absolutely. 99% of the time. Absolutely. What were the greatest challenges for J.D. Power & Associates as an entrepreneurial business? You know, you started off in a field that, um, I guess in those days, you didn't have competitors, you're, you're breaking new ground. What, what are the challenges when you're in a business that's, that's 
sort of paving the way? Well, I, I think that the, the challenges for, um, for us were really in developing a market. Um, there was no business plan. Um, it was uh, uh, taking uh, a general concept, a general idea, and then taking advantage of opportunities and adapting. Right. And taking advantage of new opportunities and adapting and uh, being always conscious of looking for um, different ways at looking at things. and. Yeah. It's almost a feeling. I, I, it, it's it's hard to say. You know, you you can't kind of put the formula down. It's just knowing when the time is right to try and launch a new product, or n- being able to a, hear a client describe a problem or issue that they're having, yeah. and then going back and and conceiving a a um, information product or a service that solves that client's problem. Um, and and it's it's just being in tune with those opportunities and challenges, and then having the the um, you know I guess the the right mind to pull it together. Yeah. And um, I think what was re- really remarkable about JD Power and Associates is especially um, my father. He was able to really inspire that type of uh, spirit. And he really was good at uh, also encouraging employees to uh, think about the world in that way too. Yeah. And 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 therefore you're you're not just doing it yourself as the as the man JD Power, but he was creating disciples and apostles who were able to do the same thing. Yeah, that's that's really important in developing any business. Well, I've 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 got to pick you up on something now because every week I tell people that before they get into a business they need to have a business plan they need to have they need to know exactly where they're going that it's got to be flexible enough so you change as things change and you've just said ah, business plan nah. <laughs> well it's not to say that you don't have a business plan but i i think it's um you can't be so rigid. wedded to it you yeah. can't be so rigid that you can't um Adapt. Yeah, you have and, to adapt. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. That um, because you, when you when you put in um, place a a policy or or take a strategy, your competitors for a start are going to react against you. So that's going to change your business plan. You need to modify as you go. That's true. Um, exactly. So, what sort of guidance did you and your father get to help? sort of steer the company in the direction that you you went did you use outside people or was it all seat of the well i I think um you know my my father in a way is um uh you know he i think all entrepreneurs are stubborn so uh um (laughs) true but yet he 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 was also um had a good i guess self-awareness and he wasn't afraid to bring in help when needed Mm. Um, but I think one of the one important thing for us as a company, uh, when we got to a certain stage of growth, uh, size that is, uh, that we formed a, a, a board of directors. Yeah. And the the idea was to provide a, a a sounding board of some outside thinking to help shape um, 
to challenge, to, um, uh, you know, be a, a sort of almost like a, uh, a sense of discipline. Yeah. And it really helped our company, uh, I think, get much better uh, once we put something that in place. And so that, that'd be another thing that I really think that a, a small business or entrepreneur, um, whether you call it a board of advisors or a board of directors, having something like that to help steer you um, uh, is, is terrific. And yeah. I think the, the idea of also get you know, it, it's, it's only as good as the people you have on that board and you can't just have um, necessarily friends and family. You, yeah, you, you should yeah. seek out people who are um, confident enough to challenge you, um, and uh, you know. And likewise, uh, um, you know, I think uh, a good board of directors, board of advisors, can also help open doors for you, uh, help with recruiting key employees. Um, yeah. Number of different things. Yeah, we. I strongly recommend to people that they have um, a board of directors, and also for individuals, I think it's critical to have good mentors. I, I've got a number of mentors that I've had for, oh, for long as I can ever remember. Um, people that are not afraid to um, say what they think to keep you in line, to you know, stop your um, ego or whatever it is from getting away from you. Um, so I think it's critical that people have both a board of directors and personal mentors, which I think make a huge difference to your success. Um, you travel the world working with large companies, analysing what they need to do to satisfy customers, but most businesses are small companies and entrepreneurs. Is there a difference in how a large company and a small company should address customer service issues? Well, I, I think number one is uh, uh, small companies, small businesses need to find a way to make sure that they're listening to the, the voice of their customer. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't mean that you have to go out and do expensive surveys, but you need to make sure you have a process um, right. for listening in as to what they're saying. And part of that is monitoring your um, – if, if you're a – consumer-facing business, monitoring what they say about you on Yelp and, and other social media. But sure. it's also, um, you know, a, it so much depends on the type of business. But let's just say the, the, the business owner, the entrepreneur, needs to find ways to make sure that he's getting the straight scoop yep. from his customers and not candy-coated. Um, uh, and, sure. and, it, and it really is not only a, a good source of um, information to help make sure that you're performing better and your employees are doing what doing well, but it, it's a it's a terrific source of ideas for new products and services. Yeah, no, I agree. Have you got a name for the new book yet? No, no, um, not yet. But um, you know, a, a number of different uh, ideas, and I don't want to kind of throw them out there because then sure. as soon as I throw an idea out there it'll it, it'll become old i, I want to make sure that it's fresh <laughs> it's always hard to think of a name for a new book i tell you um jamie it's been great speaking with you thank you very very much for your time i know how busy you are now if you're listening and you'd like to know more about jamie just contact me bob at bobpritchard.com but i do recommend that um 
go and have a look for satisfaction, how every great company listens to the voice of the customer. I really have got it. I'm not, I'm not making this up. I do have it and I have read it from cover to cover. It is a great book and it's of benefit to any business that whether you're large or small and I strongly recommend it. And, uh, I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard radio show after this short message. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Business Show. And we're coming to you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles. One thing I love about uh, talking to businesses all over the world is that when you get to questions, it doesn't matter where you are or who you're speaking to, the questions are generally pretty much all the same. And I think the reason that this show has become so popular in this email segment uh, so popular is that the advice and expertise that we broadcast each week relates to every business, whether large or small, whether it's a startup or whether it's mature. My first email today is from Gillian Montgomery from Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Gillian's email reads, Dear Bob, thanks for your great program. It is a big help to small businesses like me. Your advice is really practical and simple, and you tell it like it is. I thoroughly enjoyed the interview last week with Stephen, the Olympic gold medalist. His name is Stephen Bradbury. For your information, many of the small business people I know, we do our research, we set our vision, and we create a business plan, and then we, we really struggle for what seems like a very long time to make any money. Every month. You think that this is the month that the business will turn around. Stephen struggled with training for 12 years and then his life-threatening injuries and his battle to continue to the next Olympics and finally win gold gives us all hope that success really is just around the corner. 
He was pretty down to earth, but obviously very committed and determined. Your interview gave me new focus. It was great. Incidentally, I tried to get your book at my local bookstore, but they did not have it. I will try Amazon. Keep up the great work. Dear Gillian, I hope you're listening. Thanks for your email. I couldn't find a question in your email to answer, so I'll just make a comment instead. If you're an entrepreneur and you believe in your product, you're confident in your research and you're confident that the strategy that you developed will work, then you need to persevere. Research shows that the primary reason most salespeople do not get sales is because they give up too soon. 96% of salespeople give up after receiving less than six rejections. Yet a Dartnell Corporation study shows that most business accounts are one after the prospect has said no eight times. So there are some interesting examples of in the history of perseverance in business. Colonel Sanders, who was over 65 years old, knocked on over 1,000 restaurant doors before he got his first customer for his secret herbs and spices. Michael Blake, the author of Dances with Wolves, had 26 years of rejection (laughs) before the book was published. And this may not come as a surprise to a great number of people, but Bob Dylan was booed off stage at his very first high school talent quest. So, Gillian, your attitude is spot on. I'm sure you're going to make it. Just hang on in there. With regard to obtaining a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, you don't have to worry because I will send you one tomorrow. But if any listeners are having trouble getting a hold of the copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, go online to Amazon. They are great. My next email comes from George Jimenez, I guess it is, of Albuquerque, New Mexico. George's email reads, Dear Bob, thanks for a great program. I listen every week. In the last three months, I've only missed about three programs, and I enjoy it very much. All of my marketing for my business is online. I have a Facebook page, a Twitter account, email newsletters, and a website optimized for search engines and mobile users. But how do I drive up traffic on all these applications? George, thanks for your email. Um, I'll bet that the three programs that you missed, I bet they were my best ones. (laughs) George, the one great thing is if you go to the archives on voiceamericabusiness.com. You can listen to all my shows and interviews with well over a 100 of the top business, celebrity, sports and entertainment people in the world and you can do it at your own convenience. George, it's great to be online-centric, but make sure that you don't forget good old-fashioned offline promotion. The marketing firm iProspect found that two-thirds two-thirds of online searches are driven by information obtained offline. Now, that's a pretty big statistic for a world that's become very web-focused. Now, that number may come down a bit as mobile internet usage soars, but it's still a very telling data point. So you need to make sure to include an email address 
website and social media information on all your marketing materials, including your business cards, your brochures, flyers, invoices, product packaging, even on the side of your truck. You know, make your product names catchy and memorable and make sure that you include your customer purchasing benefit everywhere possible. You need to ensure that people remember you when they go to search. So advertising, direct mailings, trade shows, conferences, networking events, even signage on your car can also generate interest and build your brand equity. So get out there and establish yourself as an expert and promote your brand in the process. You need to be as active offline as you are online. George, that was a great question. We've sent you out a copy of Marketing Magic, which I wrote along with Brian Tracy and Jay Conrad Levinson and the great Robert Bly. And it also has articles by 14 other leading American marketers, so it provides a great cross-section of views. I'm sure that you will love it. My last email today is from Jan Kovas of Madrid, Spain. Jan writes, Dear Bob, thanks for your show. I have a small business with just 10 employees and I'd like to know what advantage there is to using the cloud. One, cloud computing allows all of a small business's critical transactions as well as economic and e-commerce and website traffic data um, to be accessible anywhere, anytime in the world with the right application. So a program such as New Tech Advantage is extremely beneficial to small business owners such as you because it allows you to see your real-time business information for any from any computer, any smartphone, any tablet. Crowd computing allows you to spend less time dealing with administrative matters and more time out there selling and satisfying customers. It also gives you more control and less surprises. All your key business stats and all your metrics, they're all available in real time. So small businesses can make more informed decisions faster and never be out of touch with your most important business data. Having real-time information also means that you're going to get better and more profitable decisions. It means key business management data, it's only seconds away, no matter where you are. You can be lying on the beach in Brazil. It doesn't matter. So cloud computing is also cheap, probably decreases costs, and um, everything's available at your fingertips in the cloud. So one, cloud computing is the way of the future. It saves you time and money and makes your information and your business management data available no matter where in the world you are, 24-7. One, a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets is on my way to you tomorrow. Um, it's, a, it's a great book, even if I do say so myself. The great Tim Draper, uh, one of the world's best and uh, most effective VCs, wrote... Um, a great testimonial for the book, which is on the cover. So if you're a regular listener to the show, 
and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website, bobatbobpritchard.com, and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. The February newsletter has just come out. There's about 16,000 of them have gone out um, so far this month. So if you'd like to get a copy of the newsletter, and it... Um, it always has one major feature article and some other information. So um, all good for small business and entrepreneurs. So drop me a note, bob at bobpritchard.com, and ask to get on my database mailing list if you're not already on it. Uh, send in your questions. You can email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Become my friend on LinkedIn, because that enables us to communicate well with you. Also, if you if there's a particular guest you'd like us to get on the show, drop me a note, and uh, I will do my best to get them. Or if there's a particular subject that you'd like us to talk about, or if you would like to disagree with anything I said, I'm predicting a uh, a flood of emails this week disagreeing vehemently with my um, comments about Super Bowl advertising. But um, don't forget, you're all small business people and the most important thing is getting a sale. The reason every business fails is because they don't make enough money to cover their bills. So it's about selling people's stuff. So don't forget that. So when you watch the Super Bowl and think, wow, that ad was clever, say to yourself, will I remember the company? And did it convince me to buy their product over the competition? If the answer is no, then what they're providing you is not advertising, it's entertainment. So I hope you enjoyed the show. It's, it's hard to believe that we've been doing this since 2011. It's a heap of fun doing this every week. And I'll be with you at the same time next week, no matter where in the world you are. And we'll address the critical issues that affect small business everywhere. Thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. This is Bob Pritchard. Go out there, kick some butt, make some money. Tune in next week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.